Uh, hi everyone. <laughs> you know it's so funny because that's so loud, right? And I'm like, what if I just intro it while you're adjusting it? And it's just like, okay. Uh, hi everyone, welcome to Militant Affection. I am a Matt Miller, and I have to raise my mic. I did no level checks prior to this, but that's okay. I'm here with uh, uh, how should I intro him? Very funny, super funny. I was trying to think yeah. of a different adjective than very, because very take funny. Everyone says very though. You know what I mean? He's very funny. <laughs> uh, Casey Crawford. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thanks for showing <laughs> up. You know. <laughs> I sh- I uh, I have a uh, like a uh, desire to do podcasts. Really? Mm-hmm. What are you doing then? No. Oh, I've only done a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anytime somebody's asked me, I've done one. Huh. Yeah. It's really, I just think they're just, uh, because most comedians are like weird. It's just a way to get us to hang out with each other. It is a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's still doing work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing. But you're, I think you're, when you're friends with other comics, you're always kind of working. True. Yeah. I think so. You're constantly trying to use your language to get something. I think so, yeah, maybe. Um, not to talk about myself too much, but... Uh, no, that's why I wanted to hear. I've been, in, I've been in a couple of different comedy scenes now, and usually uh, I'll start just by going to open mics or whatever. Yeah. And um, I find myself befriending people who aren't funny <laughs> the best not. comics or they're brand new like okay. they're six months in yeah the younger people yeah, yeah yeah um older people i don't know tend to communicate as much as the young kids who are like you know you go to a mic and you talk and they like to talk because it's their social life it's not i don't think it's dan crone's social life yeah yeah, to talk yeah. To you. he doesn't need to talk to you <laughs> you know yeah that's so funny you say that same thing with me. Like all my, yeah, the, the people I know now are all like new or just like they're not really funny yet. Or, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that, uh, uh, well, it's interesting to see younger people doing it or newer people because you get, you get good really fast because you either, here especially, yeah. you, uh, you can sink real fast and it can be very disheartening. So you kind of have that, I guess. I guess that's true. Desire to align yourself with whatever is going to get you on stage more maybe quickly you know well they don't they they're like don't start new york don't they say that but i don't think it matters does anyone care because they see you when you're bad is the only point i guess it really depends on how much you feel as though you needed to reinvent yourself when you moved here (laughs) like um yeah i do comedy yeah now i think if you're two or three years in and you come here which a lot of people are they're just the best in, you know, Little Rock or wherever, you know. Shout out. And <laughs> and then at that point, you can realign yourself if it's not working. If you're if you're good, I think, you know. But after, it, it gets hard. Did you think you realigned yourself at all since moving here comedically? No, I don't. I think same I just person. remained the same person. Yeah, same comedic style, same everything. I mean, I, I don't know. I got new jokes. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. I'm better, but I don't it's the, it's the same thing idea well you weren't getting up four times a night in in boston yeah i know right yeah when you get up a lot you get pretty good yeah you do yeah you do that's pretty silly Mm -hmm. that's not silly at all but (laughs) but in my mind i'm like damn if i could just like get up like 15 times in one day that 15th time i record that set pretty good (laughs) maybe not 15 maybe around the nine eight did you record all four of them just the audio, but yeah. Yeah. And do you, have you listened to them? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll i save sets for like a walk to the train or something. Yeah. 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 If something specifically is good, I'll listen to it immediately. Other than that, it's it's a struggle. Just to revel in it, like a serial killer going back? <laughs> or is it more just like, oh, what worked about that? I just wanted to write the word for word. Because yeah. there's a certain time you say something that everyone laughs hysterically, and you're like, shit. It just locks in your brain. For me, it does. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I feel like I forget it, and I have to listen to <laughs> it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's this fucking podcast about? 
uh, well, it's really, I just get people to, uh, we're going to talk about tragic moments in people's lives. So what is your favorite one to tell me right now? Well, uh, mine is, uh, I, when you initially approached me about this, I thought about my family trauma and cause I've had a lot of family trauma, um, not happened to me personally, but it kind of indirectly, um, so I thought about tragedy on that level, but then I thought I didn't want to uh, bum too many people out and or uh, uh, talk negatively about my the people I'm related to or the people I grew up with in any sort of way. So I decided to skip that uh, and talk about uh, a couple of years ago, I, uh, I was on Just for Laughs. I think it was 2016. Nice. And uh, I did pretty well uh, up at Montreal, um, better than I thought I would do uh, by far. And so I got, you know, you get cards from people and you hope to get something out of it. Um, and then uh, went back to Boston, didn't hear anything for a couple months. And then the woman who booked me for Montreal also it was like a booker for TV and she and she asked me if I wanted to do the Jimmy Kimmel show and that was in February Montreal was in August so it'd been six months of like wondering oh, I wonder if anything's gonna happen I haven't heard back from anybody I've contacted and she reached out to me and initially my first reaction was um, well you have to do it right no one says no to something like that. I mean, yeah. would, would you say no to... I would say no to anything. America's Got Talent. No, I definitely do America's Got Talent. You do a def, you do, do that? Okay. Yeah, are you All booking right. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, um, like, I always wanted to do Conan, but... O'Brien? Yeah, for sure, because that's what I came up with. But I never dreamed that... I could be that good or whatever to do Conan. See, doesn't Kimmel have a bigger audience? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, that kind of um, helps me center my point a little bit about what I'm trying to talk about. But like, uh, um, so you don't say no, even though I was like, okay, I'll do this. Now, I think at that time, honestly, in terms of Montreal and that stretch in the jokes I have that I'm confident in and doing in front of people who paid money to was realistically maybe 17, 18 minutes. Maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty tough on myself. Yeah. But I didn't have material to um, do anything beyond more than like a 10 or 15 minute set. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't really get much out of Montreal because there wasn't really any money for someone to make off a person who just can't even feature yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I stupidly maybe told them that I had no interest in being a writer on a TV show. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. a couple of specific ones came up to me and asked me, but I never even applied. Um, oh, shit. That's interesting. Well, here's the thing, Matt. I'm dumb. <laughs> but also, I look back at it now, however many years later, and I ask myself, is that something I'd want to do? And I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to write for Impractical Jokers and get fired in yeah. six months. Well, don't you also, they feel like you, you waste your comic energy for that show, and then afterwards you have no jokes for yourself? People say that, but I mean, I see friends who write for TV, and they're getting up and doing mics and yeah. writing. It's like a, I guess you have to really love it to do it everything. Everything yeah. is the thing. Sure. You, I think... Uh, I. I don't know Rosebud Baker, but I remember her telling me briefly, she was just like, you got to take whatever you can get in New York. Even if you're writing for fucking Mrs. Butterworth, <laughs> you're a writer. What, that's open? <laughs> you know, but th- these are things that I, A, uh, didn't know at the time, because I s- said, uh, stand-up's my thing. I want to do stand-up. And they're like, wrong answer. Because <laughs> once you do stand-up, you realize that those people can't help you. Um like there's a, like a performance agent or whatever that you can get yeah. that gets you club gigs or whatever. But other than that, you have like a writing agent or a literary agent. Like there is no just like stand up agent until you're basically a headliner. You know, Damn. you can get somebody who believes in you or whatever, but a friend. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't, the point is I wasn't at any sort of level to, 
come out to America <laughs> in right. an, on any sort of grandiose level. Sure. And when I did Kimmel, um, people at that time were, uh, I've seen sets on Kimmel. I'd seen sets like Sam J. Remember Sam's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She stood in front of the microphone. She crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Donna Hughes was, I thought, great. But, I mean, I saw that audience and I'm like, well, if that's what they're doing for Donahue, which was, he had, an, I thought, an all right set. But I remember yeah, yeah. him saying, like, uh, it was like they didn't know what comedy was. <laughs> <laughs> And so I had hesitations. See, I, yeah, yeah. I had hesitations about doing it because I'm like, one, this comedy isn't for everybody. Yeah. Two, they might not understand specifically what I'm trying to do because some people kind of get it on one. You know, when people get it on one level but not on all the levels you need them to get it on. Yeah. There's a lot of that with my comedy. Um, I get a lot of friend requests from <laughs> lonely guys. <laughs> <laughs> in Tuscaloosa or whatever in their apartment where, you know, I have guns in their profile picture or whatever. Like, Are they shooting them off? Is that <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> um, but so I'll say this, too. Like, when you do Kimmel, when I did Kimmel, he does a whole show in one room, the theater, and then they move the band and the performer to another area altogether. So... A band will play, and I think, I don't remember who it was, some country band. Um, and then you go up and do what turned out for me. I don't even oh, remember. so comedy has to follow music? Yeah, with nothing in between. And the, the audience is basically just, Don Barris is his warm-up guy, and Don Barris is hilarious, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. know him. And um, uh, then they, they do the whole show for like four or five hours. They move everybody to another room, get them seated, a band plays, and then a comedian comes out. And you're doing it. Nothing against Jimmy That's like Kimmel. A whole night. Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> uh, I had a great conversation with him. He told me his favorite comic was um, Andy Milanakis. Oh shit! So I'm like, okay, oh, that makes sense. And the guy who directed it uh, when I did, they have you go out and do your set for the crew beforehand. Yeah. The guy who directed it was like, I get what you're trying to do. I, I directed um, Late World with Zach. <laughs> or whatever uh which i appreciated that i was like oh, at least this guy's gonna understand what i'm trying to do here right yeah the audience however i would say um is probably like a crowd of people who could not who couldn't get into dancing with the stars sure um it's tough to get into it you know what i mean and it's also a big room and you really got a crush in that room i don't know if they changed it up but I remember. Think, I'm thinking. I'm thinking cynical because uh, we use substances. That Jimmy Kimmel wants comedians to bomb on his show. <laughs> <laughs> I think what he was trying to do, and what was told to me by Hannah, was at that time nobody was putting comics on. Conan yeah. was thinking about going down to one day a week, and Kimmel wanted to get some new blood on TV because yeah. he loves stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but why was it such a ridiculous way of doing it? Wouldn't he know how to do comedy better for the stand up? Well, the thing is, is the stand-up is something that they view as extra. The band is sponsored by Mercedes. Yeah. So there's money in that segment for the network. The comic is not sponsored at all. Yeah, but the con I feel like, though, of the clips online, the, the stand-up does get a majority of the view share. Yeah, if it's good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it does. So uh, what I mean is they keep watching the whole show, and they're going to stay through the commercial break to get to the last comedian. Yeah, Um I mean, sponsor the comedy, and I'm sure maybe it's pretty popular. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see more and more. You do see more and more stand-ups on TV now. Yeah. But so um, anyway, so uh, I'd run this set at the studio probably 25 times, and uh, just as a short, short four minutes. The set, comedy studio. Yeah, the comedy <laughs> studio, um, and each time it did pretty well at bare minimum. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like. Okay, this is the set I'm doing, and I get and I can usually tell by my opener, which is a joke um, that kind of spreads a real wide net for those kinds of people. At least I think uh, how that how well that one does, how the rest of the set's gonna go, you know. And sometimes that opener, you know, if you're in a good, if I'm in a good room, sometimes it can get like a like a twenty second laugh break sometimes. Um, so I was thinking like, okay. You start strong, and you end as strong as you can end, you know, and hope that they get all the stuff in the middle. 
And usually that opener does so well, but when I, when I told it and I heard it come out and, and then I heard their reaction and it lasted, I don't know, maybe three seconds, four seconds. <laughs> I was like, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, to the, and it's not a terrible set. Um, but to this day, I, th- I, I, I'm still sure it probably has way more dislikes than it has l- likes on YouTube. And that might be a first in the history of stand-up comedy. You think? <laughs> yeah, probably. At least for <laughs> for Jimmy Kimmel, maybe. <laughs> well, um, but I, no, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, you rarely see other like anyone get unless they're like a known figure and people don't like them. Yeah. But if but for someone just new, yeah. Well, I mean, like I. Um, I asked Jimmy about that before the show because you get to talk to him and he was like uh, Rob Delaney had a really oh, bad yeah, set that and was told the them thing. to take it down and they yeah. took it down and then um, the only person who'd ever had to retape was uh, Pete Davidson really? yeah and I remember that after doing this set I was like I don't know how I felt about that I know I didn't bomb but that was certainly I mean I'm not going to be getting any more limousines anytime soon like, I will be working at the call center on Monday. <laughs> but then they called and they're like, it's good enough to do it. And I, I should have said, let's redo it. Give you another chance. Yeah. I, rem- I remember this. I told the director, could you put all the hipsters up front? And I'm not saying they're my fan base. I just yeah. think I have a better chance with them than like women who are kind of like my sister or whatever. Sure. Um, and he put four people in the front row who all look like they work at a bank. <laughs> and I'm like, I am fucked. <laughs> now, but isn't that just a, that's a, uh, that's a getting an audience problem. Maybe they didn't get any hipsters to show up to the audition. Yeah. Why would even a hipster show up? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they're like that. They, they go out to Times Square and just pull the people. They're not getting, they're only getting those people. But like, you know, when... Your life changes, and it doesn't happen like in a fl- flash. It just kind of slowly happens, and you slowly realize it. Yeah, it, that happened for me at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like I, my family had never seen me do stand up before. Yeah, and uh, they saw that, and um, I'm sure they probably didn't see it live. I'm sure my brother probably showed them the video of me online and then my mom who doesn't know anything about the internet was just like oh this these comments are terrible <laughs> these, what is he doing with his life <laughs> like uh, I don't have the luxury of them getting it so um, and spread that idea out through I think probably most people I've known in my life who are just like oh wow geez this is this guy's getting uh, this is terrible. What is he doing with his life? Um, yeah, but you know what's funny about that? They're, they're still judging you based off other people's perceptions. Like, couldn't they laugh at your set and then be like, oh, this is great. The thing Why is, Why do you though, even got to read what other people say? There's something guttural about laughter. And um, they say that people say that they can judge what's funny, not on how the audience reacts. But I think that's kind of malarkey sometimes because it's so hard to do that. Because, you, one, you have to really be listening yeah. Um, you have to be a comedy connoisseur, I guess, in a way. Um, uh, Don Barris loved it. That was great. Who who I wanted to get it, I think, got it, but there just wasn't enough people. And then going back to that idea that I only had 15 workable minutes, I don't have an army of people behind me to be, like, defending me mm-hmm. online or whatever. I got a handful of people who I've run into in, in different scenes, but I don't. there's no hardcore... Casey heads out there (laughs) or whatever. So I don't like nowadays and time changes so quickly. Now this was two years ago, but nowadays if a comic, if comic sees that ship ship sinking, they're going to round up the troops and they're going to be like, this guy's or these people are calling me out and they'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll kind of swarm onto whatever. Like they won't let it happen in the culture. I didn't really have that support. And I also kind of didn't care. Um, in a weird way. Like, granted, it was hard. It was hard for me because at that point, when the world tells you no, what do you do? Do you keep doing it? Do you, I mean, at the time I was 39, so it's just like, okay, I have a master's degree. I've never used it. Maybe it's time or whatever. And uh, there was some serious thought about that 
too. Um, but I'm over it now. And I slowly learned the lesson I think I always learn um, is that one, like anything I've ever got, whether it was like the stuff I've got, like Montreal or the Bridgetown Comedy Festival or other festivals or things or whatever, like usually I was the, the different one. In the eight or nine comics, I was the one who was a little different mm -hmm. style-wise and whatever. So, um, Face-wise. Yeah, but not popular. <laughs> Interesting, but not popular. Not like Kevin Hart, mm -hmm. but whatever, the other guy or whatever. In those groups or that setting or that sample size or whatever. Black. <laughs> like a superstar yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I'm gonna be on TV someday and have my own TV show someday I'm not that yeah, like yeah. I've learned that so like some people are set up and designed for those situations Sam J bound to happen she's a star yeah. you know um, that's what she's supposed to do but like I always saw myself and even before comedy growing up playing music or anything I ever got myself into was like, I'm not popular. I am under uh, the underdog. I'll always be that. You like dogs. No, I'm just kidding. I don't mean to <laughs> but like all the music I like is like that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense for me on a certain level. And you don't like, kind of, you don't like Drake. Of honor. What? You don't like Drake. Not really. I mean, I like, I like a popular stuff, but like, I don't like, thin stuff or whatever and a lot of it's kind of thin what about thin lizzie love thin lizzie all right <laughs> but um in terms of tragedy i guess it's not really a tragedy if anything it's a slow one like it's hard to get booked on stuff yeah i mean it's weird to type in an email i, I did kimmel in this year here's my tape don't pay attention to uh, the hundreds, probably, comments on uh, how yeah. terrible it is. Like, you can't, I mean, yeah, whenever you ask to like, disable the comments, people know they're bad. I don't care yeah. anymore. Yeah. But, but it's, certainly, it's certainly something that's weirdly a roadblock more than anything at this point. Like, yeah. um, but I've since talked to other comics. Uh, I know myself a little bit better. I still write jokes that I think are very funny and... Um, I kind of feel like, like a Luke Skywalker or whatever, where you get your hand cut off, and you just get your dead hand. Sure. You learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're still alive. Still got another hand. Yeah, um, and I think comics go through that. Like I remember talking to Justin McKinney, who was a great resource in New England. If you ever have questions about comedy, because he's so funny. Yeah. Um, but he was like, yeah. I, did, I hated my first Letterman or whatever. I didn't like my second Letterman either. It's like, well, he's still alive, <laughs> you know, so I can be still alive too. So um, I think you just have to continue to believe in yourself. You know, I believe in myself enough to know that I can continue to soldier on and, and have it be something for myself. So Now, could you uh, share the direct link? <laughs> yeah, you uh, just type my name in on, on YouTube, Casey Crawford, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Well, you could log in and dislike it if you want. <laughs> uh, but it's too bad, um, you know, because I probably won't ever get on TV again. So wait, wait. So, so you were okay with the set? I wasn't okay your with performance. It. I wasn't okay with it. Yeah. Um, but what can you do? You know, like I, you feed off the crowd's energy. I didn't have extremely high energy that day. Like I was, it, for me, honestly, TV is like nothing else. It might be different for you because you've been doing stuff like this for years. But like, um, there is another level to it that's weird. Yeah. And I've also been in that situation before. One, the mistakes I made were this one: I did not do the set outside of. The comedy studio, for the most part. I should have done it in front of, like, I wear a tie every day and I work at a bank. Those people. Uh, yeah, or a few times. Yeah, stupid not to do that. And, in fact, I think the times I did do that at places like, like the Burren, it didn't do that well. Yeah. And I was just like, well, I guess whatever. But um, So that part was uh, a lesson I learned. 
is there any story of anyone like like coming into a set like that late night realizing their jokes are just gonna suck and they just wing the five minutes and they crush because it's in the moment has that ever happened i'm sure it happens sometimes like uh if anything it's maybe more of these rehearsed uh like uh uh, quips or whatever people use, comics use, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, where you're in the moment, but it's also kind of rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. Things yeah. you learn to it's say. You've been in the moment a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. I did, I've I've always been more of a like a, try and write the symphony at home and just I'm performing it for you. Sure. There. Um, anytime I've ever done it the other way, it never goes well. Yeah. Yeah. So. so but do you do you plan on recording an album like soon? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't solidified the dates yet. I've talked to Rick about it a little bit, but now I'd like to do the spring at the comedy studio. So the spring, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the weekend will be, but um, I'm actually uh, I got a gig in uh, Beantown on Friday, where Mark Gallagher is gonna feature for me nice and uh i've always liked mark i like working with mark um and we haven't done comedy together for a while now so i was thinking that um see how that pairs up yeah, yeah. Those two white guys <laughs> i'm glad you're keeping them in business <laughs> I will say though, this country is majorly white guys. So what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, we had a real good run, and uh, it's over now. That's okay. Well, what, do you, what can you expect? Yeah, runs happen and then they stop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Do you have a name for it? The album? Yeah. I think I'm gonna call it Dumb Shit. All right, that's good. You really limit your uh, iTunes search. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's doomed. I think I'm going to do vinyl only, too, maybe. Do some right, real you stupid. Make it really, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll literally be dumb shit. <laughs> like the way... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I've also thought of other titles. Uh, too Hot for Sweatpants. <laughs> uh, country and Western Abs. Okay, okay. <laughs> As opposed to hip hop abs, um, yeah, I don't know. I dumb shit. I like it. One word or two. The name? Yeah, it's two words. Sure. Are they gonna get the? Wait. The I'm, I'm going. I might get high here. What conversation are we having right now? We're leaving the album. <laughs> Calling the album dumb shit. Oh. Would that be one word or two? Okay. Uh, I think you might have to do it two words. I'll say this. Are they going to get the that way when though, people sh- a dumb shit search about dumb, dumb shit? shit like, dumb will get it and shit will get it. Like, how many people just search dumb shit? Yeah, that's true. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate the clarifier. <laughs> Is that good? I'm always thinking about business. What about a hyphen? Oh, dumb shit. Okay. No. Okay. Well, if you had like a picture of you and you were like labeled dumb shit, <laughs> that'd be fun, right? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess it wouldn't be fun. You're, they can't see this at home, but uh, you are wearing sandals. No socks. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't know why anyone deals with me. When are you going to clip those talons? Uh, these are, I keep, I'm on a good streak of sets and I can't cut them until I bomb. You got Nosferatu toes. <laughs> Do you bring women here? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's nuts. This does look like a serial killer's apartment. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I describe it to people, they think that and I'm like, no, it's not. And then they come here and they're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I taped up this light like that. I went to film school. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I that I wish I would have went to film school. That's a nice tape job. Is that? Is that uh, French? Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, is that within code? <laughs> no. I don't even know what I'm doing here. Do you I know really? Like do you bring women here like this? Do they have to step around the? Yeah, they gotta step around stands? all the shit. Yeah. Wow. 
You know how many times I actually use this? I've used this like three times since I've lived here. <laughs> I, have, I have this. I can, I can create a television of your show. Apartment. <laughs> I can use. I can create a, a movie or something, and I just barely yeah. use it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what? Um, I've never done a green screen. Oh yeah. It's uh it's a good time. I still never do it correctly. I'm literally the worst at everything. I can just do enough to where it's okay. When you're doing your stuff, are you writing it out on a note? I write scripts sometimes, yeah. 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 And then uh is uh is it like ad libbed a little bit when you're doing it or all is the it... time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How long ago did you start? Uh twenty ten. Twenty ten? No, I guess I started in college. No, so two thousand Seven, which wow. was when I graduated high wow. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so you did it as a high school student. I didn't do it till after, like the summer of maybe. Cool. Most of high school, I just played video games. You know. I wish I had that skill. I really what? do. Playing video games. <laughs> no, making your own uh, video content. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, if you don't listen to anything and you do it how you do it. It's a great way to do it. <laughs> it takes me uh, forever to make one video, yeah. almost forever. And most of the time when you look at it, you're like, who shittily put this piece of <laughs> shit together? <laughs> well, uh, at this level, uh, is it about consistency and just consistently putting something out like a podcast? Like they say, like, you got to do one every week or well, whatever. For this, yes. Yeah. This, but for that stuff, it's really whenever I feel like it, because <laughs> I can't work, I can't do it consistency, consistently. Well, this is how I feel about my comedy. Like, I'm just gonna keep. I don't have too many videos out there, but I'm just gonna keep putting them out, and they're only gonna be okay. And then one time, one of them's gonna be good, and they'll be like, ah, this asshole again. And they'll click on it, like, wow, that was, that was pretty good. He's got a lot better. <laughs> so uh, maybe consistency is the key to something like that, where you're just every every day. Well, if you look at it, all the top podcasts are on like episode 1,000 and something. So maybe it was just the fact they got that many episodes. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's, um, I, I hear about a podcast not knowing what it's about, just like, this podcast is good. Yeah. And then I'll look it up. So um, I guess it has to be one people are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So... So Joe Rogan. <laughs> Do you watch his, listen to his podcast? Yeah, yeah. The problem is he says a lot of the same stuff over and over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that night we went up at the creek for uh, that uh, purge and I bombed? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I opened with that joke. <laughs> uh, my set tonight is brought to you by Joe Rogan's Elk Steaks. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, it's weird that uh, who would you say is at the top of that like white guy interviewer? Him and Marin, they got to be about tied at this point in terms of who people refer to or go on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Those are the big two. I enjoy the Greg Fitzsimmons podcast. That's a good one. Fitz Dog Radio. You do you listen to it? Yeah, sometimes. I do. I like it. He has interesting guests on. He he seems like a person I would want to have a conversation with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not on a comedic level, just like a. Seems like a normal guy, I guess. Yeah, seems super normal. Almost too normal. Did he like... The one thing I liked about him when I learned he has like some digestive problem because he ate bad food or something. I forget it completely, but it was like something fucked up with him. Um, From getting food poisoning. I was like, how interesting that this guy has this. <laughs> yeah. Were you around... Where are you from originally? A town called Franklin, Massachusetts. Okay, were you ever in Boston when he was there? No. Did you ever see him or anything? I've never seen him in person, no. Were you ever there, or like when you started there, or did you start in Boston? Yeah. Who do you? Who were the big timers when when you started? Or who were <laughs> the people? Who, whatever. I mean, Anjan was just starting to <laughs> do stuff. I mean, I mean, fucking uh, a lingon. Oh, a lingon, really? <laughs> I'm just making jokes right now. Uh, a lingon. Was uh was he doing mics? Yeah, yeah. I think he just got on Last Comic Standing. Okay, so he is already at that point. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get to see him like come up from the, the yeah. Beginning. I saw the Sam J a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Did Sam J ever bomb? No. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Such a natural comedian. Wow. Yeah. 
There's one of those every couple years out of Boston. Just just like shooting stars like that. But I guess it's just kind of how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people just come out the gates. They're just firing. It's weird to me. You see these people whose hometown is Boston, and you're like, I don't remember you ever being from there or whatever. Like, uh, I know I didn't live there very long, but uh, what's his name? Jared Freed? Oh, yeah. He's from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people from there. Yeah. Comedy. It's super funny, right? What do you think it is about it? I don't know. Just, <laughs> I know that's a cliche question, but what's your opinion? Of why that's true? It's hard to say. I don't know. Because it's... They say it's because it's the shittiest place to, like, like weather-wise and stuff. But, I mean, other places are shittier, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, fucking Fargo, North Dakota in February is goddamn yeah. nightmare. I think, I mean... Uh, damn, I'm, I'm very uh, high right now to think about this. Let's see. Let's think of it in a weird way. I think it's because a lot of smart people that are miserable. Yeah. Okay. I think that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um... I I, th- I mean, uh, in the same kind of vein, like that whole combination of the uh, two sides of the river, really, like Boston and Cambridge come together like blue collar, and then you also have these intellectuals, and then you have people who are just uh, multidimensionally minded, I guess. Um, yeah, aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's a good combination to have as opposed to like... Uh, I don't know, like a California or something, you know? Just tacos and beaches. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what do you have in terms of a working class in San Francisco? <laughs> you know, you don't. You you're either homeless. on heroin or your credit card, whatever. <laughs> yeah, or you yeah. work at a tech place or whatever. There is no middle class there. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's what it is. It's a combination of those two things. Where it's just like you're, you have the intellectual ability to understand it and enjoy it or whatever but you also have the like the rugged i guess blue collar uh emotional quotient to to deal with darker stuff Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. perfect uh you're not totally prissy not (laughs) totally prissy (laughs) not totally prissy that's a good can you say prissy you can, right? That's oh, not a prissy all day. You're walking around fucking prissy. Is know? that negative? Is that a negative Pr- term? What does it mean? I don't know. Kind of like pompous or... Okay. I guess. I guess pompous is a better word. Pompous makes... Pompous, um, yeah, it's further from something sounding offensive. Um, but I prefer prissy. Prissy. Yeah. Prissy. <laughs> That sounds like a girl's name in like a John Cheever novel or something. <laughs> Prissy McBain. <laughs> oh, what is she doing here? Uh, yeah. Did you have any other questions? <laughs> it's like I'm calling you on the phone to get information. Uh, <laughs> that's the okay. So okay, so we're that's why you think people are so funny from there. What about from where you are? Why are you are people funny from where you are? No. Well, I mean, like, it's like one of those uh, cultures where everybody's poor. So all you have are your words, you know? Uh, So there's that. Like, my uncles would, uh, they would never be like, hey, I love you. It'd be like, they'd tease me, they'd call me a name or whatever and make up some sort of funny bullshit about me or whatever. And that's how they showed their affection to me. Uh, never physically or whatever. It was always just verbal, whatever. And uh, that in combo with like uh, like my dad or whatever. My dad, the funniest thing he would do, like I don't know how well you know your parents, but like uh, some things are hidden from you in their life. And I think they do that on purpose. Like my dad would, on his brother's and sister's birthdays, they would send each other cards and then they would just write whatever bullshit in the card they wanted that had nothing to do with their birthday oh yeah and it was always very hilarious to me just like wow that's like a whole nother level of humor yeah that's or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so i think it's a like a combination of that kind of like down and outer you know you're a loser 
All you have are your words. It's how you defend yourself. <laughs> all you can do is talk. That's all you can do. Uh, yeah, it's funny. That's where it comes from, I think, for me. Okay. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> where are you from? South Dakota. Yeah? Yeah. You ever been there? No. It's like, it's real flat. Uh, you ever see the Simpsons when they say they're going to South Dakota and they're like, oh, what's like, what's there, the screen door factory? I don't know if I've seen, heard that reference specifically. Yeah. No. Um, I've watched a lot of Simpsons. Yeah. Um, no. There is, that's Iowa. Hello. Okay. I believe. I don't know if they make screens, they make windows. So Somebody's got it. Who's laughing now, Matt? I'm still laughing about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, fun fact, not to divert from what we're talking about. Matt Groening was on Epstein's plane. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Who else was? <laughs> Just him. <laughs> Al Brooks. No. Uh, really? No, no, no. James Worthy? <laughs> Actually, Jim Worthy. <laughs> oh, is that what he goes by now? Jim Worthy, yeah. He changed it. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, no, I mean, yeah, people talk about it. About Tom Bergeron. Yeah, he was on there. Really? <laughs> Am I bringing you the info of who's on there and you're yeah. blending me? The Clintons and Trump and Matt Groening oh, and Chris no. Tucker. Chris Tucker? Yeah. The Chris Tucker? I don't know. It could just be a myth that's being spread to me from other podcasts making jokes about it. So now I believe Just because you're on a plane, though, you're not fucking kids, though, right? No, or you could just deal? be using it to get a free ride. Um, I don't know. Were they aware it? he was fucking kids? Chris Tucker? Was he there for the kid fucking? I don't know. Hmm. My question is, why are they keeping logs of everyone's names? And why aren't they just making up the names when they sign into the logs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they checked that at a hotel. You could check it. At, you ever check in under assumed name at a hotel? No, me neither. What would be your name? I don't know. I would go for like the. Casey I would Affleck. steal Norm oh. McDonald's turd Ferguson. Oh yeah, that'd be funny. That name works where I'm from. Turd could be like, oh, he's Norwegian, so could be short for turdler or something. Ferguson. That's funny, dude. How many what how many scenes did you go through? You just went before you ended up here? How many what? How many different comedy places did you stop at? I started in Omaha. Mm -hmm. Um which there's a lot of good comedians that have come out of Omaha or spent time in Omaha, believe it or not. Um and then I moved to Austin for a year while uh, my girlfriend was finishing up her dissertation in Omaha and then uh, she got a job at Berkeley in Boston and then we moved to Boston and now she's letting me live in New York for a year to try and find some sort of uh, sense of purpose in my life <laughs> nice well thanks for coming <laughs> um, damn dude there's a really funny, there's a lot of funny comics here from where I started. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I started with, like, uh, Patrick Hasty. Okay, yeah. Brandon Ream. Uh, those guys, they would, they, they were Des Moines, uh, and they would come over and do our shows, and then uh, I started with uh, a guy named uh, Zach Peterson. Uh that sounds like a create a character name if there was a stand-up video game. <laughs> Zach Peterson? <laughs> yeah. He's very funny. Uh, and then uh, in Austin, uh, and then uh, uh, Abby Rosenquist uh, kind of started Omaha, too. And she, she's a big-timer now. So. Um, and then when I was in Austin, she also came down there. But then, like, when I was in Austin, like, uh, Martin Urbano was there. And Raul Sanchez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Dismukes, who I think writes for Saturday Night Live now. Um, nice. And then uh, in Boston. 
So I've gotten to see like really, really good young comics, like at different levels. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So has a lot of people that run bringer shows. <laughs> you ever done a bringer? Oh, of course. Really? Yeah. You have five friends? I got two friends. Sometimes <laughs> they, sometimes they let it me do two friends. Are they? Uh, are they they're called wo- my sister? <laughs> oh, and her boyfriend. So you're like, listen, this is gonna you're gonna see me do comedy, and it's gonna cost you thirty eight dollars, and I'm gonna do good, and they're okay with it, and yeah. Yeah? yeah, where do you do? Well, I've only done it at the stand once. Nice, good crowd. Yeah, it was great. Nice, cool. What did it cost your sister and her boyfriend? I don't know. Do you feel uh, guilty about 30, it? Thirty, maybe twenty-five. Not really. I mean, that's what you pay to go out in New York, right? Yeah, but she's seeing mostly open mic level comedy. Is that who is there? That much money. Or I come, or I realized that some of the people were just like actors that needed like a comedy reel for their yeah. For whatever they're doing. Yeah. They um, didn't even really care about doing it. They were just like, you need to dabble in comedy to be a complete like performer. So, uh, don't they usually have like a headliner, though, that's just like, Janine yeah. Garofalo? Sure. Who was that? I, I don't know who it was. Really? I think I left. You did? I left before it was done. <laughs> I'm just like, just, Yeah. I oh, had to make a bus to, know, to so go back to Boston. Your sister and her boyfriend are available for, to do bringer shows. That's good to know. What's her phone number? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're a real, I mean, they're a thing. Um, I, yeah, I, people at my job ask me all the time about it, and I just feel bad about, one, I've done shows in Manhattan before, and I don't always do well there. So I'd be really, it'd be real shitty just to have eight people I work with come see me and then I don't do well, you know, uh, I guess, or they don't get it, which I don't think they get it. Most of them, some of them are pretty cool in terms of with what I'm doing. But, uh, for the most part, they're just like, I heard you're a comedian. I mean, like comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everyone just like comedy? (laughs) I should have just shut the fuck up about it. Have you learned that lesson yet to not mention it to anyone? I don't want to mention it to anyone because then people want to get involved. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the one thing, like, people that want to be whatever famous or whatever do something, they all want everyone to see them. But, like, as a comedian, you don't want anyone to see you. (laughs) Not unless you're a fucking superstar. Yeah. Like Eddie Murphy, you know. Some people want that. Some people want to be stars. In the sixth grade, were you like, I'm a fucking star? Because I guarantee (laughs) you there's a lot of comedians who think that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, there was maybe fourth grade. I did a book report, and the teacher pulled me aside to tell me I did a nice job. And I was like, damn, one day I'm going to be doing better book reports. <laughs> what was the book? I don't even remember. I'm not even sure I read so it. It's heavy a nice fourth grade reading. <laughs> yeah, it was like two animals that had an adventure. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I like broke it down like real good, though. I made it like about people. I saw a guy in a restaurant once reading uh, Forrest Gump book. <laughs> Was he in Bubba Gump Shrimp in Times Square? No, no, he wasn't. It wasn't here. Uh, this happened 20 years ago. Oh, uh, shit. not think about it. Who's reading that book? I don't know. <laughs> what is I tried life? to ask him these questions, and he looked at me like I was an asshole. I was like, what is happening in that book that they didn't cover in the fucking two-and-a-half-hour movie? What? Yeah, that's not a real person. No one goes and gets that book. No, they don't. I don't know. He did. He wasn't even reading it, I bet. You think he was mm. waiting for someone to come up and be Maybe. like, oh, you're reading for his gun? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. It was upside down. <laughs> <laughs> that was our president. <laughs> that's so weird. All right, what else? Can <laughs> grill you more? What's your favorite joke? Of mine or all uh, time? Whatever. I'd answer both or one of them. Uh, a joke I think my dad my dad told me. Uh, it's a street joke. Um, there's a... You probably heard it. but There's a man and a woman who meet at a hotel. 
um, to have a romantic weekend together. And uh, they didn't know each other in person prior to this weekend. And uh, they're both sitting in the chairs by the pool. And uh, they're getting to know each other. And uh, the man gets up and uh, says, uh, watch this. And he jumps into the pool and uh, does like a perfect flip and then a dive into the pool without a splash, barely, or whatever. And he gets out of the pool and uh, he's like, pretty impressive, huh? Uh, and she's like, it was okay. And he's like, uh, I was an Olympic diver. And uh, he sits down and then she proceeds to get up into the pool and swim 20 laps from one end of the pool to the other in like seven minutes or whatever, just like a record. She gets up out of the pool, like not even out of breath. And he's like, that was very impressive. Are you too an Olympic athlete? And she said, no, I'm a hooker in Queens and I work both sides of the river. <laughs> Have you ever heard that joke? No. <laughs> really? That's like an old street joke. <laughs> when you're 12, it's pretty funny. <laughs> No, it's good. <laughs> What's your favorite joke? <laughs> Did you want me to laugh more? <laughs> it's a good one. I'm just very high. I don't laugh at stuff when I'm high. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to uh, defend a joke I did right. Twelve year old me thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, my dad used to tell me jokes that I thought were funny, but they were they were yeah they were street jokes. It's like. Man walks into a shower and he just yells, "No soap radio." <laughs> what? <laughs> you ever hear that joke? No. What is Man it? Man walks into a shower. He's just like, "No soap radio." I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then he'd be like, uh, 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 "He'd just do racist jokes like, uh, shit. What's that joke?" He's like, "How long is a Chinaman?" I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> How long is it? Well, that's not what I'm saying. It's the name of the guy. His name no. <laughs> Okay. It's it's not fair to them that our language and their language uh overlap like that. Their yeah, words yeah, being yeah, different yeah, it's yeah. not fair to them. That's a good point. We're only laughing at it because it's a silly look at our language. It's a For sure. No, you can't tell that joke at the grizzly pair to seven guys from Amsterdam or whatever. Maybe you could. I don't know. Yeah. I hope you have some outro music. No, it's the same as the intro. <laughs> Do you have the intro funny. and outro music? It's the same song. And I, I listen. the more I listen to it, the more it sounds like, like I'm just, this is just like an autism podcast. It's just like, dish, 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 dish. How about, uh, may I suggest How Far Is Heaven by Los Lonely Boys? Oh, okay. Great song. I'll write it down. For every beginning and outro to the podcast. And do the song justice. Play the whole four minutes and 17 seconds of it each time. People love that. <laughs> People love an entire four minutes. Take song. this seriously. Put the paper on the table while you're writing it. I'm sorry. Makes me think like you're not. That pen doesn't even work. I'm just drawing. You'll remember. Those only boys. How far is heaven? Uh, four minutes, though. I'm just saying. People they have, to like the have song. four minutes. It takes four minutes to make toast or whatever. They got. It's like the wire. It gets you in the mood. Get you all lubed up for the. I'll, what's put, it, I'll put it for this one. <laughs> Do you own the rights to that song? Uh, How does that work? I think for a podcast, you can just play it. For all the podcasts I listen to, they just play the song. Yeah? How long do they play it, though? You can you can play it a certain length of time. I think in the middle of it, I'll just do some heavy breathing to kind of mess <laughs> up the... <laughs> yeah. Think of a rap to go underneath it. It's kind of a... Oh, yeah, I could rap over it's it. It's a great song. You've heard it, right? Probably. What do you mean, Probably. <laughs> Well, you definitely have to do it now. Wow, <laughs> great. I was like like making other people into Los Lonely Boys fans. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do they, is this like a pyramid scheme? Like you get a bunch of fans out of you? <laughs> I mean, like for in terms of like cultural commodity, like one day you'll be like, oh, thanks for turning me on to that great band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. 
All right. Well, I think we. Sh- I think maybe if we lip synced it and I played it, that'd be funny. No, we're not gonna do that. Yeah, uh, so that's a that. terrible idea. It's a great I, song. I was trying to think of the out. worst idea. Yeah, I'll listen to it. Well, I listen to everything someone recommends. I write it down. Yeah, that looks like it clearly makes sense. When the police find that, they're going to know what's going on. At some point, the police are going to find my stuff. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I appreciate you coming on, stopping by. Is it time for your talcum powder bath? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I could keep going. It takes me 15 minutes to get to the creek. Keep you long enough to where you'll go. No, I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it very much, and good luck to you in the coming fiscal year. Oh, thank you. You as well. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. That was Casey Crawford. You can catch him online at his name. And he's going to run out of here. He's like, I am done talking to you. That's been Milton Infection. Goodbye. Just keep on giving